Well, good morning, and welcome to another Shelter Daily in His Word. What a joy it is to have you with us today. We're looking at Psalms 101, and we're going to dive right in there. So let's uh, go to the Lord in prayer. Let's give thanks to the Lord today for the beautiful day He's provided for us. And then we will just uh, get into the Word this morning. So, Father, thank you again for the opportunity to be able to be in your Word today. Thank you, God, that you shelter us every day. That, God, you have uh, uh, just blessed us with abundant blessings. I just pray today that you'll be with us, watch over us, guard us, protect us. Keep us, oh God, keep our families. Lord, we need you. We love you. We thank you, God, for the privilege we have to be able to share the word of the Lord together. And God, we'll just uh, give you the glory. We'll give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so we're looking at uh, the way that a Christian should live their life. All right? Uh, the holy way to live. The behaviors of a Christian. And, and we've been going through this Psalms and Psalms 101. And I'm not going to read the whole thing. You can go back and you can read this. But I'm just taking bits and pieces of the scripture. as we I shouldn't say bits and pieces. We're actually looking at the verses. And we're just uh, 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 taking and gleaning from what the psalmist is saying about how he wants to live his life. How he committed to say, you know what, God, this is the way I want to live. This is the way I want to live my life. This is what I want my life to look like uh, when I serve you. And so today I want, I want to just kind of take it from, from verse 4. And, and, and to understand that a well-behaved Christian, a holy Christian, a person who walks in holiness, is one who is actually fully surrendered to the Lord. They are, they are completely surrendered. Um, if you look in, in verse 4 for, for a moment, and, and you see in verse 4, you'll notice uh, a uh, froward heart shall depart from me. I will not know a wicked person. And what he's saying is a, a perverse heart shall depart from me. A perverse heart. Uh, I will not know wickedness. So that word perverse actually means a self-willed heart. So a froward heart, which is a... Uh, a, a, a forward heart or a self-willed heart. It, it is um, what I want above everything else. I don't care what God wants. I want what I want. Uh, so we have to ask ourselves, is our will bent on pleasing self or are we bent on pleasing the Lord? And this this is important. I think it's, I think it's vital for us to, uh, excuse me, to, uh, to make sure that we are where God wants us to be. Um, you know, are we are we going to allow my will to get in the way of what God wants in my life, or am I going to let God be God and Him do what He wants to do in me? Do we want uh, to go our own way, or are we going to go God's way? You know, in Second Corinthians chapter five, verses fourteen and fifteen, the Bible says that the lo- the love of Christ compels us because. We judge thus, that if one died for all, then all died. And he died for all, and that those who live shall live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Now, this is really important, especially what, when you look at what he said in verse 15. He died for all, and those who live should no longer live for themselves. See? 
So we don't live as believers. We don't live for ourselves. We live for God. We, everything we do is based upon what He desires of us. And, and this is who we are. So ask yourself, is that who I am? Is that who I am? Am I living for Him or am I living for myself? Is it, is it you know, some of self and some of thee or none of self and all of thee? As the songwriter used to write. Where is it? Am I really, you know, am I, am I, is this all about self-serve? Did I come to Christ because I thought, oh, you know, he's going to be able to give me what I want? Or is it, I came to Christ because I had nothing to offer him. And I want all of him. See, when you understand that I'm not going to allow my self-will. I'm not going to let my will. You know, even Jesus, you know, Jesus lived this. He said, you know, not my will, God, but yours be done. That ought to be the prayer of our heart. Lord, not my will. I don't want my will to be done. You know, even when I pray for things, you know, I know the Bible says, you know, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desire of your heart. Right? And I, I, I think about that. I think, you know, there's a lot of things I want. There's a lot of things I'd like to have. A lot of things I'd say I need. I don't necessarily need them maybe, but, you know, I want them. And, and, you know, and there's things I pray about. I said, God, you know, I really want this. But, you know, the reality is I don't really know what I really need in my life, but God does. And so if I delight myself in him, he will give me the desire of my heart. See, he'll give me the things I know that are necessary and needful in me. And, you know, he does that because he's a good, good father. He loves to do that for his children. He loves to do good things for his kids. That's what he loves to do. And, and, and so when I think about as a Christian, I think about what Psalmist David's saying here is that, you know, I, I want my life. I don't want to be, I don't want to be one of those people that's self-serving. I don't want to do that. I really want my life to be a life that exemplifies the God that lives in me, the power of God in my life. Not my will, but yours be done, God. You know, David, I, I really believe David was one of those kings that exemplified that. I think that this was more than just words to David. For David, this was this was really the way he lived his life. And I think that people in the kingdom of, of Israel at the time when David was king recognized that. And that's why God said that his king, his throne would never end. Because David had these attributes about him. Now, did David do everything perfect? No. Did he make mistakes? Of course he did. Did he sin? Yes. But did he ask for forgiveness? Absolutely. Not like Saul. Saul didn't. Saul sinned against God, but instead of repenting for it, he refused. And God removed the throne from him, and not only him, but his entire family. And that's one of the things, you know, never, never, uh, you know, underestimate the the um, the sin that goes on in your life. You let sin go on in your life, it doesn't just affect you; it affects people around you. So you got to be careful. So this is why the psalmist is so, you know, adamant about these things. This is the kind of behavior I want my life to look like. I want this God to be in me. Not only does he talk about how that he doesn't want his own will to be done, he wants to be completely surrendered to God, but he also uh, says to us that in, in, in verse 4, you know, he talks about how that this cultivation of his life is to cultivate friends that God would approve of. Well, that's a big one right there. Wow. Does God approve of the friends I hang out with? Does God approve of the people that I'm associated with? Does God approve of that? At the end of the verse 4, notice he says, I will not know a wicked person. That is, I'm not going to make close friends with those who do not love the Lord. 
You know, my closest friends that I have are people who are in the kingdom of God. Now, it doesn't mean I don't have associates or, or people outside the kingdom of God. I do. But they're not my close friends. The close friends I have are people that I know that know the Lord. And I know that. And our life is a testimony of Christ. And, and, and the reality is that testimony can either be made or it can be marred according to the kind of people that we hang around with. I would like to say, and I would like to think, that I would always be a godly influence to everybody that I come in contact with. I'd love to be able to say that. But can I say that honestly? As I look back over my life, I can say there probably were times when my life was not, even though I was a Christian, but there were probably times when I wanted to fit in, when I wanted to act like everybody else act, when I wanted to be one of the, I just wanted to be one of the group, if you will. That's not the way it's supposed to be, though. See, I don't want to mar my Christian experience. And there's some people, they can, they, you know, they can live, they can live a good Christian life around Christians, but they have a really hard time living a Christian life around non-Christians. And I don't want, you know, and then Psalmist David saying this, I don't want to make my closest friends those who do not love God. I want my closest friends to be those who love the Lord. And some people would say to me, well, Pastor, that's really not right. That's not right. No, it is right, actually. Because you know what? What fellowship goes back? What fellowship does darkness have a light? You know, and, and the thing is, is that, you know, I, it's not that I don't have non-Christian friends. I have, I have many non-Christian friends. They're not Christians, and, and, they're, and they're good friends to me. And they don't treat me bad. They don't treat me with disrespect. And they know that I'm a Christian. I don't hide that from them. I don't act one way around them and another way around my church friends. I don't do that. I live. I, I want to live a consistent life. And that's the same thing for any one of us. We should want and desire to live a consistent life, a consistent Christian life. And I'm not. And I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna uh, compromise who I am in Jesus Christ just for a friendship. I'm not gonna do that. And, and I, thankfully, I've never had to make that kind of decision because if I had to make the decision, I would choose Christ. It's a, it, hands down. I, I, that's just who I am. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna uh, debate it. I'm not gonna. It, it's not one of those things. I'm gonna go ahead, and I'm gonna live my life in a way that pleases God, because that's what God's called me to do. And I know what He's done for my life. He saved me and changed me, and my testimony is important. So here's a question you have to ask you: What kind of friends are you choosing? What kind of friends, you know, do you have that you hang around with? And again, I know you want to be an influence. I'm not saying don't be an influence. And this is the thing. If you can't be an influence to them, chances are you're not going to be an influence to them. So, you know, you have to decide what kind of friends am I going to hang around with? What kind of people am I going to have in my life? Now, again, I have unsaved people in my life, non-Christian, you know, people in my life, and even non-Christian friends. But they understand right up front, there is, it's no compromise. I don't compromise that. And if you have a non-Christian friend, but you can't live your life as a, for Christ in front of them, and you just find yourself always going the way they want, then you know what? You have to question whether or not that relationship is really what you say it is. Because, you know, my, my non-Christian friends that I have, they don't make fun of me. They don't tear me down. They respect me. And if they didn't respect me, I just, that would be it. If I didn't, you know, I want to be treated 
in the same way I treat others. And if I'm not being treated that way, then I don't necessarily have to hang around that. I don't have to be a part of that. So I know that as a believer, you know, you've got to make up your mind. And you don't, and, and, and again, don't misunderstand what I'm trying to tell you here. You know, you need to cultivate the friendship and the fellowship, you know, that honors God. So if that relationship is honoring to God, then by all means, cultivate that thing. You know, and I know God can use you to save them and, and see them into the kingdom of God. And it's very important. There's a lot of, uh, you know, people who get saved that the only friends they have is non-Christian friends. Well, man, use that. God wants you. That's a harvest field. It is. It's a harvest field. But you know what? You're going to find out. They're gonna, you're going to find out who they are, really. Once you start taking a stand for Jesus Christ, you, it'll, it'll, trust me, it'll all get washed out. You'll see it. You'll know it. They'll, they'll let you know that you won't even, they'll just let you know. They got, I don't want nothing to do with that. But that doesn't mean you don't have to be their friend. You can always be their friend. You know, I, I can be friends with people. I, 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 they may not be close friends, but I can be friends with people. But I got to be careful. And this is what he's saying. I'm not going to allow. I'm not going to allow that. I'm not going to allow my eyes, you know, uh, to, to uh, you know, to find myself to, at a place to where I know, you know, that those who are wicked are going to lead me down a path that I shouldn't go. Uh, I'm going to remain faithful to the things of God. I'm going to remain faithful to what God asks. And yes, I'm going to cultivate friendships. I want to. I, I, I'm a people person. I love to be around people. I love to have friends in my life. And I want to have fellowship, but I want that cultivation and that friendship to honor God in whatever I do. I want to be able to continue to love Jesus no matter what. I want it known that, you know what, I yeah, I, I, I go to the house of God. Yes, I am in the Word of God. And yes, I do service for God. And I'm not going to change that just because they're a non-Christian. They don't, they don't want that. And, you know, and the thing is, the truth of the matter is, is that if I'm living consistently in front of them and they know they've known me before I was a Christian and now they know me as a Christian, and if they can see that transformation in my life, you know what it'll do? The chances are it'll help them to see that, you know what, they can make the same kind of choice too. And that becomes really important. So you have to be careful. Uh, the Bible, you know, when you look at uh, verse 7, notice he said, He who works deceit shall not dwell in my house, within my house. He who tells lies shall not continue in my presence. You know, uh, well, the, uh, there's a, a someone, and she might be watching me right now, and I won't, I won't name names, but uh, um, there was a time when we had a young lady that stayed in our home, and 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 you know we always told him, said, listen, you know we'll do whatever you know we can to help you. And I've done not just to her; I've done this to, to many different. We've had a number of different people that lived in our home, and over the course over the over the years, and I've always, and I always give them the same the same speech. It's like you know what, you're welcome to live here, but we have rules that you're going to abide by, and one of the rules is you don't lie, don't lie to me, no matter what, just don't lie to me, because if you lie to me, that's it, we're done. And this is what the psalmist David's saying. He says, you know what, I'm not going to, you, you, I know there's things you're going to, you know, you're probably going to do them. And I can't stop you because I can't see you. I'm not with you 24-7. But I will tell you this, be sure your sins will find you out. Be sure your sins will find you out. And so don't lie to me. Because if I catch you in a lie, then there isn't, the, that's the, the, and this one David says, he who tells lies shall not continue in my presence. You're going to lie I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna put up with it. 
Because if you can lie to me to my face, then what are you telling everybody else? What are you telling people when I'm not around? If you're if you're if you're that bold that you can just look right at me eye to eye and you can say to me something that you know that's not even true, then you know what? There's nothing I can do for a person like that. I'm not going to help that person. That person needs way more than I can give them. And as much as I want to, as much as I desire to, I can't. So we've got to be careful. And this is what the psalmist is saying. You know, in these relationships, when you're building relationships with people, when you're cultivating those things, you need to weigh out those things in your lives. And he said, look, if he works deceit, he can't dwell in my house. If he's not going to abide by the rules, he can't live in my house. If he's going to lie to my face, then I'm not going to have him in my presence. I'm just not going to do it. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, well, no, there is no way. I can't help you. See, I can only help you if you're honest, if you're trustworthy, if you're forthright, forthcoming. If you're not going to be those things, I can't, I, there's nothing, there's really nothing I can do for you. There's really nothing that I can, I can help you with because you, you're just lying. And it's, it's really sad. You know, and we live in a world right now where people don't see nothing wrong with lying. It's okay to lie. They don't care. We got politicians lie every day. They'll say it right to your face. And you know they're not even telling you the truth. That's the world we live in. But do I have to allow that to dwell in my house? No, I not. And the psalmist says, I'm not going to. The well-behaved uh, Christian believer uh, also understands that he, he knows how to control his own tongue. This is a big one. Notice in verse 5, David tells us that he has determined not to be a party to slander and false malicious reports. He said it, look, whoever secretly slanders a neighbor, him I will destroy. The one who has a haughty look and a proud heart, him I will not endure. So before we pass on that news, we got to ask ourselves this. Is it true? Is it true? What you're saying, is it true? Because if it's true, that's one thing. Is it necessary to say it? So is it true? Okay. Then is it necessary? All right. You say, well, yeah. It's then is it going to be helpful? Will it help? Or will it harm? And then lastly, will it glorify God? See, I'm going to learn. i got to learn this principle in, in, all, in my life, my walk with Christ. i got to be careful. Just because something's true doesn't mean it can't bring harm. Just because something's true doesn't mean it's going to glorify God if I say it. Just because it's true, and even though it's necessary... It may not be helpful. I have to be careful. I have to say, this, am I helping them when I say this? Am I helping with what I'm telling? Is it really, is it really my business to do it? Is it really my place? Or am I stepping out of my zone? Am I out of my office? Did I get out of my lane for a moment? This is the thing I gotta be careful of. See, the secret to a well-behaved Christian life is when I behave wisely in a perfect way. That means with what I say, 
with my conduct, with those I hang around. Those that's where I see it. When I when I under when I have this determination in my heart, this resolve in my heart that says, you know what? I will always be careful to lead a blameless life. I will not allow ungodliness to be a part of my life. I will not allow my voice to be used to tear somebody else down. I will not allow my home to be a home where God will be trampled on. I will not allow that I won't I, I just won't do it. I'm not going to do it and I'm not going to live inconsistently with this either. I'm not going to live with it over here and then not live with it here. I'm not going to act this way over here and then act this way over there. I'm not going to do that. I have to have a deep consciousness in my own heart that the only way for me to live my life is a, is to live holy and upright before God in all my ways. When I do that, I believe the Holy Spirit will empower me that when he comes again, I know I'm going to go with him. See, and I believe you can live the same way. I believe that you can have that same kind of resolve that you can stand firm on that word and know like the psalmist said, you know what? I'm not going to allow I'm, I'm just not. I'm going to live my life. I don't care if it's not popular. I don't care. All I care about is I want to live a way that I can show people, you know what? You can do this. If I can do this, you can do this. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I believe you can too. Let's pray today. Father, how important it is for us to live our lives in such a way that we please you. God, I don't want to be a man pleaser. I want to be a God pleaser. I want to please you, God, above everything else. So I pray, Lord, in our day-to-day, in our homes, when no one's else around, when we're just going through our day-to-day, Father, I pray, let us be reminded of the importance of living holy and upright lives. And God, that if we really want to be an, an influence of those who are in darkness, then God, we have to live it no matter where we are, no matter what we're doing, what place we're at. Father, I pray, help us to hold our tongue. God, let us not say things we shouldn't say. Let us not act in ways we shouldn't act. Let us not go where we shouldn't go. And let our homes, God, be homes. Lord God, that are consistent where we show the love of Jesus Christ no matter who shows up. Father, I just ask you today, be with your people. Watch over them through this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I want to thank you again just tuning in. I pray that God will just continue to bless you and overflow in your life on a daily basis. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. JubileeWorshipCenter.com. We'd love for you to go there. We'd love to hear what God is doing in your lives. If you're listening to us on a podcast, thank you for joining with us today. And I just pray God richly bless you as you go throughout your day. God bless. We'll see you soon.